<laughs> Welcome to episode 87 of the Setting the Edge podcast. I'm Justice Mosqueda. You can find me on Twitter at J-U-M-O-S-Q. I'm here with my co-host Charles McDonald. You can find him on Twitter at 4Vert. Say what's up to the people, Chuck. What's up? Uh, if you're listening to this, and you heard the Stephen A. Smith cackle at the beginning of the episode, and you're a Saints fan, just know that that was for you. <laughs> because what happened in that NFC Championship game? I know at this point, it, it was like a week and a half ago. And obviously, the nickel Roby Coben hit on Tommy Lee Lewis that everyone in the world has seen a million times by now. Obviously, it was illegal. And he got fined for it, so the NFL... Without directly acknowledging it was illegal, they showed that it was illegal by finding him well after the fact, well after he cares or anyone else cares. Uh, but the way that they have handled this, Saints fans, and particularly Michael Thomas on Twitter, and that Senator Bill... Oh, the Matthews. dude who had... Yeah, I was in, dude, I was in Mobile. I oh see the dude with the presentation. God. I'm like, we need a federal investigation to figure out why Kirk Cousins kneeled instead of spiked the ball. Let's do it. Let's go all the way. Why, why stop Dude, here? This guy is unbelievable. <laughs> Bill Cassidy. He, he, I don't remember what, I think they were going to talk about the shutdown or whatever because the government was still shut down at the point that he did this, but he brought up a diagram of the hit that Nickel Roby Coleman did. And I'm like, what are you, what is the government supposed to do about this? I don't know. I don't... What's the government going to do about an NFL game? Why should anyone, like, people aren't getting paid right now. And you're <laughs> concerned about Nickel Roby Coleman hitting Tommy Lee Lewis. Like, I couldn't believe it. And also, today, a report came out about this same dude, Bill Cassidy. He contacted the Pelicans owner about Anthony Davis. Like, do your job, dude. Like, why do you care about sports so much? It's, it's how, it's, he, it's that's how he becomes an insider. That's how everyone becomes an insider. It's you, you get through politics yeah. and you start making some calls. That's how you do it. It's not, don't go through agents. You got to use political power. It's yeah, the, the new wave. He's trying to do the, the reverse Jamel, where you go from <laughs> politics to sports and so sports to politics. It's just ridiculous. Uh, but yeah, that was that was a glorious. Uh, what were your thoughts on the NFC Championship game? You you know the interesting point about the NFC Championship game that no one's really talking about? The Saints really sucked in the red zone. Awful. Like that was a bad ball, one, first of all, right? That that shouldn't have like even though, okay, it should have been ex- extended because you would have gotten bailed out by bad bad instincts on a coverage even though there was bad ball right but in the red zone like new orleans was taking it down to the five every single time and then just kicking field goals right like i don't know man at at some point like sean payton's talking about like i I watched you and the the ted bundy thing which is like basically the same thing i've done since i got back from mobile but like i don't know man call call better plays in the red zone like Taysom hill was the only dude who got a red zone touchdown right or a touchdown at all for that team uh I, I I don't oh yeah Taysom Hill did score a touchdown yeah in the zone. it looks like yeah oh, Garrett Griffin did too because I remember they had the that's a fake name like, did a little rollout he's a one of their trillion tight ends that yeah. all wear that are all white and all wear I know I know there's the one dude who's like his name is Sam Darnold but it's not Sam Darnold yeah he also wears number eighty five and Josh Hill he also wears number eighty five <laughs> like I'm convinced that they're all just the same person they've run the same person at tight end since Jimmy Graham left. Because I remember they, well, they, they had Kobe Fleener for one year, and he was just a disaster. And then they've had the three Josh Hills and uh, Ben Watson, who also complained on Twitter. Yeah. Uh, and it was it was beautiful to see. And, I mean, Michael Thomas, for a dude that – he caught four passes for 36 yards. And if you remember on that game-winning play – or not the game-winning play, but the interception overtime, hey, which probably should have been a penalty on Dante Fowler for hitting Drew Brees in the face. But that's uh, – not a discussion appropriate for this podcast because we're to, but to be about. fair i mean drew Brees was trying to he throw was, that pick all game right i mean it was a terrible <laughs> it was he was not he was not great no. in that game but michael thomas who has been like the top complainer he was complaining to the refs while the ball was in the air about to like get intercepted by john johnson he easily could have you know at, at that point like once the quarterback gets hit or the ball gets tipped when it's coming out of his hands like you can pretty much spear someone in the in the field of play without it being a penalty. Right. He just complained while this dude caught the ball. So I don't really understand what his deal is. Like, you had a chance to save the game right there. Didn't get it done. And now uh, we're getting Jared Goff versus Tom Brady in the Super Bowl. We've had some 
boring ass playoff games. Honestly, like we haven't had we yeah. haven't had really great passing performances. Like Russell Wilson, uh, rest in peace Seahawks Twitter. Russell Wilson might have had the best passing performance of this playoffs, and it got him a loss because they just didn't throw the ball right. So I don't know. Yeah, Patrick Mahomes was he was firing that second half. That was pretty fun. Yeah, I guess, but he's been asleep at the wheel for the last two months. So. <laughs> You say he's been asleep at he's the wheel. He's been asleep for the at the wheel for the last two months. I tweeted out because um, I, I ran the our AYN adjusted for defense numbers, right? And I include the playoffs and stuff. And I tweeted out like the top twenty best seasons, basically like most yeah, valuable I seasons. I almost threw up. Yeah, well, I almost threw up because Falcons fans saw that Matt Ryan was number twenty sixteen. Matt Ryan was number one, and everyone is in my mentions arguing about uh, Ryan versus Vic, which you had told me was like an actual debate in the past, but I hadn't realized. How uh, deep yeah. and heated it was. <laughs> it's still a thing. Like Vic, Vic hasn't played for the Falcons in now. We're going on twelve yeah. years, uh, and this is still a thing. Like Vic never had a season close to, to twenty sixteen that line, and it, it was even more fun. Not with Atlanta. At where, least. What was it like twenty ten or twenty eleven in Philadelphia? He did really well. Oh, but yeah, in Atlanta. Yeah. No, he didn't. He didn't uh, do that. Uh, yeah, and. The, <laughs> I, I thought the funnier piece with that was when, when people are like, oh, God, like, look who's number one, Matt fucking Ryan. And and then that tweet that you had that was like, you know how hard it is to lose the Super Bowl, complete 70% of your passes, nine <laughs> touchdowns, zero interceptions. And I think, I think he was throwing... completing passes, like, like almost 11 Yeah, it was like 11 or 12 too. yards a, a throw. Like, he had one of the best postseason, like, postseason efforts by a passer that year, too, and they just couldn't close it. Yeah. Yeah. Jesus, this is getting sad uh, My God. I know. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not trying to do this. I'm not trying to put you in this corner, but it's like, God damn. It is what yeah. it is. Uh, so do we have any takes on the AFC Championship game? I mean. Our boy Seth asked me, why do you still believe in New England? And my answer was, they do this shit every year. And I stand by it. I mean, yeah. <laughs> what else is there to say? Uh, I wrote about the I they, wrote about the past this week, because um, like you have to write something going into the Super Bowl, and I already wrote about the Rams how they basically ripped out the under center quick game throws, basically um, everything's based off mm-hmm. of run action. So I decided to write about New England because the AP had that tweet, tweet. I'm sure you saw it where it was talking about how uh, under this CBA, basically every position other than quarterback is getting younger, and there's a couple reasons for that. Um, basically, like rookie contracts basically cost nothing. So, like, the cost, uh, what is it called, cost-benefit analysis? I'm not sure if that's the right word. Yeah. Um, for retaining veterans doesn't always make sense for some of these teams, right? Um, but quarterback's the big exception because, like, we don't let quarterbacks develop anymore. We just move on real quick. And also, they don't get a practice, which is, like, kind of a big deal. Um, so, I wrote about how the Patriots basically just, like, slam the market with, like, these mid-level veterans where it's, like, guys like, Adrian Claiborne and stuff like that, right? Like, guys who are making between, like, a million, which is basically, like, the veteran minimum, right? Once you're beyond your rookie contract, to, like, six million. Um, And the Patriots, I think, have five times as many mid-level veteran contracts as the Rams do right now. So I guess that's kind of interesting. Like, they're just going to keep exploiting that market over and over and over again. And it's kind of how Seattle landed uh, Cliff Averill and Michael Bennett on, like, super cheap contracts, right? They basically got two Pro Bowl-level pass rushers for, like, nothing. Um, so I guess that's something interesting to watch. But in terms of, like, the actual game leading up to this, the New England-KC game, I, I don't know. Like, Mahomes turned it on second half. But Yeah. And, you know, the craziest the, or the funniest thing to me is, like, Tom Brady hasn't been sacked yet this postseason. Dante Scarnecchia you know, Hall of Fame. Been- He's only been hit three times, dude. And it's not like they're going against scrub players either. It's like, like Jay Joey Hugh, Bosa, Chris Ingram, Jones. D Ford. It's, it, it's a pretty good... It's like it's some of the best the AFC has to offer in terms of pass rushers. And they did... Like, they just completely shut them out. I don't even think they've really allowed any... Like, maybe like a couple tackles in the backfield. I know the Chiefs didn't get a single one on 48 rushing attempts. Uh, yeah, we've ta- we've talked about the Chiefs though. Their their run defense is awful. It's bad, but I mean, forty eight. You don't you think you get one? Forty eight rushing. Hitchens, Hitchens was still getting playing time, so nothing's out of the question. I don't know. You could yeah, leave his ass on block, fair. double team other people, and he still might not get there. So, 
Yeah, I mean, and the thing with the AFC Championship game is, like, it shouldn't have even gotten to overtime. Because remember that uh, that play where the Patriots were on the one-yard line, and I think it was, like, second and goal. Like, you can still run the ball there. You can run the ball three more downs if you want to, just based on your run offense versus the Chiefs run defense or even just your offensive line versus the Chiefs defense. Like, you should be able to punch it at one time and they threw the interceptions. Like, the fact that that game even had a chance to get to overtime is is pretty lucky within itself. How, how excited were you when, uh, what was it, the Edelman fumble? Uh, honestly, I, I just knew, I just suspected the call was going to go in the Patriots. Uh, I don't think he touched like, I don't think he touched it. People were like, the, you got to look at the thumb. And I'm like, I'm looking at the thumb. I've seen it 15,000 times. They're showing like, it on the TV. I don't think it's fucking, mo- I don't think he touched it. I think he got real close. Yeah, and he got, got super lucky. He had a really bad process, but I don't think he touched it. I thought there was there was like one camera angle where the camera was in front of him and it looked like it didn't even really like you could still see some space. Yeah, I mean, but but who cares really? Uh, it, it was it was really cool to see like at the end of the game when they just kind of ran the ball and sat in the ball the entire game. Tom Brady's like mm, overtime. I got this. I'm gonna take this over. And then like they hit three third and ten. Dude, they were just like, "Where's sliding. Eric Berry?" Find me Eric Berry. <laughs> it's like the, uh, I, I think about this way too much, but it's the fuck. what is it called? Uh, the water boy? Where they're doing the onside kick, right? And he's like, where, yeah. he's like looking at the front line. He's like, where's my bitch? Where's my bitch? That's, that's Tom Brady looking for Eric Berry in the playoffs. Just like, where's he at? Get Gronk yeah. on him. And like the, in the, in the Chiefs, they just sat back in the, like that cover two man on all their crucial downs and just got absolutely shredded. Like I, and that's why Bob Sutton. Yeah, I was gonna Bob say it was like that was Bob Sutton's <laughs> last game. So, uh. yeah, they, I mean, it, it's like we almost got the. It, this is almost a Super Bowl matchup that people were least excited for. I feel like. Uh. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, probably because the Rams are slow. Like, their, their passing game has slowed down a bunch since the beginning of the year, especially since the Minnesota game. So, yeah, I, I do think this is probably the uh, most boring uh, situation that we could have gotten ourselves into. The interesting thing to me was that the Rams opened up as a one-point favorite, and then immediately New England became, like, two-and-a-half-point favorites. It was just like, no, no, we're not trusting Goff against Bill Belichick, who has seven Super Bowl rings with two weeks to prepare for him. Sorry, it's just not going to happen. And they don't know what they're doing in their backfield right now. So, yep. Uh, do we want to move on to the big game now that we've laughed at the same? The big game. I mean, do we have anything? Yeah, the big game. What do we have positive to say about the Rams going into this game? Uh, Indomik and Sue has decided to play football, and that has changed yep. what they can do on defense. And all... they can stop the run now. <laughs> they can. Yeah, Indomik and Sue is just getting into the backfield <laughs> all the time. It legit. I don't know if he actually didn't try. I mean, he was playing all those snaps, so to some level he was putting in effort, right? Like, dude was going to practice and lifting weights and all that stuff. But if you were trying to, like, draw up, like, what it would look like for a, a, super, a former superstar who takes, you know, a lower salary, uh, like, prove-it contract, right, after he becomes a cap casualty and just does not try in the regular season and then just blows up in the postseason... This is exactly what it would look like, right? Like, Adama Kinsuja came yeah. out of nowhere. He's like, yeah, I'm the best, second-best defensive tackle in the playoffs now. It's like, okay, why didn't you do this in the regular season, dude? Because uh, he knew he was going to get to the playoffs. So. <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't know. Maybe he, just, maybe he was just so confident that they were going to get in, or maybe if like they had needed a couple wins to get in at the end of the season, we just would have seen Adama Kinsuja and Aaron Donald at full force. But you know what's kind of annoying, though? Like, now that... Sue is playing well. Like Donald hasn't really been able to get loose, like like he did during the regular season. And this is obviously just going to be such a tough matchup for him. And one thing that I did, I was when I was doing research for something I wrote last week about matchups to watch in the game. Uh, they so the Patriots had like by far, by far the most rushing attempts out of twenty one personnel this year. And, yeah. you know, like, I, I think, I think especially they were, on, like, on first and second down, I remember when I was, when I, yeah. when uh, I was looking at how they use Brandon Cooks, they use a lot of 21 personnel play action to like, they run a ton. Right. And then they'll just take like a deep yeah. shot. They'll basically, they basically had Cooks run a post and then like Hogan run like a dig. 
basically. And that they had basically a two-man route on play action off of 21 personnel. So they do that a ton. Yeah. And the Rams... <laughs> the, I, I mean, obviously, this, kind of, this might change a little bit, like now that Sue is ready to play football again. Uh, but the Rams were one of the worst teams in the league versus 21 personnel runs. Like, I think they gave up... Uh, something like 5.4 yards per carry uh, against 21, which is 24th in the league, which is hmm, not something that you want to see when you know, like, this is probably going to be their plan of attack. Like, we're just going to run it right down your throats, get behind Shaq Mason and Marcus Cannon, and, you know, just try to bully you up the field. And I, I guess, like, the, the I think the big matchup for the Rams is, like, can – like it, it can Donald Sue like it almost feels like this whole game depends on what Donald Sue do on defense because how much do you trust the Patriots linebackers versus James White and Sonny Michelle? Yeah, exactly. I I think we were talking in our chat a few days ago and we were like, what does a Rams win look like? And the only thing that we could come up with was Sue and Donald, right? It's like Sue Sue, Sue and, and Donald, Donald just go off and just like are unstoppable and then just like weird stuff and, happens. And then Gurley and Anderson have to be, like, unstoppable, too. Like, that's the way it yeah. goes. Because uh, even – because, like, that's that's a big advantage that the Patriots have in this game. But even just, like, I, I, I just don't think you can get – and this is such a cliche with Brady. It's like you can't let him get into a situation where he's just going to sit back all day and not really face any pressure and just pick you apart and – you know, Dante Fowler's been in a nice little cool story, and he's had moments like that thing in the or the play in the overtime versus the Saints. But realistically, he's not someone that scares you at all. So, like, if you can hold down and and, and Michael Brockers has just been almost a non-factor this year. I feel like uh, if if you can just kind of hold down the interior, I don't really see how the Rams stop this offense at all. Yeah, they're kind of they're in a weird spot. Definitely. What was the what was I thinking of? Oh, Gurley. All right. So here here comes the Gurley slander because I'm ready for it. I've been ready. All right. All right so today, C.J. Anderson said something like, if, if Todd Gurley wanted 99% of the snaps, he would get them, right? So if he doesn't get them, I mean, the only conclusion we can get is that Todd Gurley doesn't want it, right? C.J. Anderson said it. C.J. <laughs> Anderson said it. I don't have to say it. Todd Gurley doesn't want it if he doesn't want it. Because he's been getting, ten, what, in... The playoff game last year against Atlanta, right? And every big game this year, he's basically averaging like 10 carries a game. That's nothing. That's nothing for a back that was supposed to be a Hall, uh, not a Hall of Famer, but an MVP candidate. Right. And even in versus, versus Dallas, uh, he had 16 carries for 115 yards and one carry that went 34 yards for a touchdown. Yeah, C.J. Anderson got, I think C.J. Anderson got all six of the running back touches uh, inside the 10, Jared Goff had one, and then I think Cooks had another. Yeah, Brandon <laughs> Cooks had one too. Uh, which is just, it's weird. It, and it, it almost makes, like, I wish someone would have asked McVay this week for, before the game, like, why did you give Todd Gurley all this money if you don't trust him when he counts? Like, you don't trust him in playoff games? You don't, like, because we've, we've seen that now through three playoff games, like, you, you don't really give him the ball. And when it's time to score a touchdown, you've leaned towards C.J. Anderson since he's been with the team. Yeah. And I feel like I feel like someone should ask him that. I think uh, it's a fair question, man. Like, we've seen too much of it to, like, everyone notices, right? It's not like when, when Gurley is being, like, they shoot, they, they give the sideline look in and Gurley's on the bench. Like, people are talking about that, you know? It's not like it's a secret or anything. Yeah, and I, I thought the thread that you did the other day, uh, just looking at like the inside outside stuff they do, depending almost almost depending on like who's in the game for them. Which yeah, in definitely. the NFC Championship game was just always C.J. Anderson. Uh, you know, it, it's just it, it's not that they're becoming predictable on offense like in regards to that, but it's just strange that they just lean on C.J. Anderson so much. And I know that Todd Gurley had a poor performance in. There's a championship game, especially like in that first quarter. Uh, but still, like you gave this dude a, like a long-term extension in a, in a good chunk of change, and for him to just completely disappear from the game plan, it's almost like why, why did you pay him? It's not like it's not like Sean McVay drafted him, but 
maybe that maybe that's a question for less need you know i guess I, how much how much of it do you think is um because the rams right when when cup was healthy they had been a 11 personnel type team the entire year right and then cup goes down higby i mean positionally right he's listed as a tight end but functionally he's you know an extra right tackle essentially right yeah and then cup kind of runs the routes that tight ends would run um and now that cup is out you know everett's been playing more and they've been going what is it 12 personnel way more often than they than previously so it, it i think it becomes a question of like okay so if you think everett is the replacement for cup right instead of josh reynolds then do you think you can run the same run plays essentially right because like Todd Gurley, when he's in, they're way more likely to do outside zone. They're way more likely to do play action off of outside zone, right? Which is like Goff has his back to the ball. And then when Anderson is, is in, it's a lot. Back to the defense. Yeah, back to the defense, my bad. He, he's holding the ball. Hopefully. We'll see. He fumbled one time. But, <laughs> um, yeah. But when Anderson is in, it's a lot of inside runs, right? So, like, his back isn't to the defense, and it's affecting play action a different way, which is why you're not seeing Goff put up the numbers that he had in the regular season. Um, so, I wonder – also, like, why so, – so, I understand, like, all right, C.J. Anderson's a bigger dude. Maybe you don't want to run outside zone with him, right? I, I, I get that. I get that one. Um, why why, know, why can't Todd Gurley run inside? Why can't Todd Gurley run inside zone? He's a big dude. He's a I strong guy. I don't know. And you know what's funny, though? It's like the one time in, in that Dallas game, because uh, I remember because I got, I got mad at Booger McFarlane because Booger tweeted that the Rams' offensive line was a liability. I'm like, dude, what, are you, what the fuck are you talking about? Have you watched the Rams at all this year? And then he tweeted back to somebody. He tweeted back to Jeff Schwartz, like, if you watch the, their game against the Bears – then you don't think they're a top five O line. It's like okay, the Bears. <laughs> a key, a key, like, the a Bears is like, not a that's... human. That doesn't count. Yeah. No. <laughs> oh, you know, just uh, Akeem Hicks and Cleo Mack. Yeah, they struggled against those guys. Well, no shit. Uh, but I mean, there the, there was a play where they ran inside zone with Gurley, uh, like just inside the forty yard line, and I swear to God. We might not have been able to score a touchdown on this play, but I think you and me could have gotten a first down. Like, they parted the Red Sea, and Gurley just, you know, he got to the second level. And when, once he can get going, like, there's not many people that can catch him or even want to catch him right. at how fast he moves at his size. Uh, but, like, may, maybe with Gurley the thing is, because I, I, I think one thing that is a fair criticism of Gurley is – I don't know, like, how quick his feet are, like, on the inside. Like, obviously, on the outside zones, like, if you can just get a 230-pound body moving that fast, it, it's just it's going to be beneficial for you. But on the inside, I, I think C.J. Anderson almost has, like, a little quicker feet than him, and, and that allows him to kind of pick and choose his lanes on the inside, but really kind of needs those lanes to become more clear on the outside zone. Maybe that's it, but still, just the way that they've kind of gone away from him in the playoffs, I mean, just in this postseason – C.J. Anderson has 40 touches to Todd Gurley's 23, and you would think that, oh, C.J. Anderson's the guy that's going to be here for the next five years instead of Gurley just based off the usage. Yeah, that's definitely odd. So, like, if you're New England, right, and you're hearing all the hot hand stuff, which basically sounds like, you know, we're going to try to have Todd Gurley start out at the beginning of the game, and if he can't really hit these inside plays, then we'll put in C.J. Anderson, which is basically how the last four, uh, the last few games have gone, right? Don't you just kind of like beginning of the game, you're like, hey, we're going to sell out on inside zone, stop Gurley a few times, and then get C.J. Anderson in there. Because C.J. Anderson isn't going to kill us off the screens. Jared Goff can't do the back-to-defense play-action stuff. Our linebackers will be able to react to play-action off inside zone way better. Isn't that like the game plan? Shouldn't that be what they tried to go after? Yeah, that's got to be the game plan. And it's not even like the the Patriots should be – I don't, I don't I think like if the Patriots can stop the run they should like pretty easily handle this game. And, like if they can stop the inside zone stuff now like you're just sitting on every outside outside player outside like every 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 play action play is built off these outside runs like I just don't see how the Rams generate that much offense. And it's not, it's the Patriots like they had a good pass defense this year without a real pass rush. You know like they had one legitimate yeah. pass rusher for the year. 
and Trey Flowers, and they were still smothering teams. Like e- even just just versus like all standard eleven personnel passes. Like the pa- the Patriots, they only gave up six point two yards in attempt this year, which is uh, like it, it's just amazing. Or excuse me, six point nine percent, six point nine yards per attempt. Yeah, which is nice. And it, it's just like amazing how they can do this stuff without a, a real pass rush. And, you know, I, I think one area, and we've talked about this behind the scenes a little bit, like where, where golf is going to struggle is, or, and where the Rams offense might struggle, when you get into the red zone and now, like, all these spaces just become constricted. And this is where the Patriots defense just thrives. Like, every single year they have a pretty strong red zone defense. And this is how the Patriots have a defense where right. they give up a lot of yards every year, but they don't give up a lot of points because you, you, you do well in the confined, constricted spaces down towards the bottom of the field and like if, if they if the rams i feel like the rams are almost going to need to live off these shot plays like like the falcons did in 2016 where you know you get the big play to austin hooper you get these plays of julio jones in the open field let him run down some uh you get the like you get the, the post corner taylor gabriel like you almost need these shot plays to kind of get yourself going and hope you can get a long one because once you get into the red zone that's almost tougher than scoring on the Patriots from the 50-yard line sometimes. Yeah, they're definitely, like, the the Patriots, at least over the last, like, five or so years, are, like, legitimately the only bend-don't-break type defense, right? So, like, even when Patricia was there, I can't remember if it was last year or two years ago, when they actually had, like, a pretty bad pass defense, they were still, like, locked down best defense in the red zone, you know? So, like, I, I think they've shown yeah. that they have a legitimate talent that is unique to them, that is legitimate Ben Don't Break stuff. Where I think a lot of times when people talk about Ben Don't Break, it's a lot of lip service. But I think the Patriots actually have a legitimate talent there. Yeah, it's just frustrating. Like, <laughs> how many defenses, like, where, like, you just don't really have that much front seven talent are just good. And it's, of course, this team. Because, I mean, outside of Trey Flowers, even, like, even in the linebacker, who's, who's scaring you? I don't. I mean, Adrian Claiborne's had a Super Bowl before, so maybe him. But he didn't play. He didn't play. He was uh, hurt that season. No, he, he didn't they have a Didn't up. they have a banner up? I swear, I have a picture of a, of Adrian Claiborne having a sack on Tom Brady because there's some banner in Atlanta that's like most sacks in a that's Super Bowl Grady ever. Jarrett. Was it Grady that's Jarrett? Grady Jarrett. Yeah, he, he's one. Oh of yeah, great. Yeah, Grady. Grady went off. My bad. I must have gotten yeah, that confused with the, the fat payday. The uh, Adrian Claiborne. Dallas game where you just beat up the third string. Oh, the six sack game yeah. <laughs> where we beat who's that guy? Chad, Chad Green. He beat him like Florida alum. He beat him six times. Uh, and I remember that that was so funny because after that game, Adrian Claiborne was like, "Yeah, I just did the same." Move <laughs> he's like, he's was. like, I got one move and I just kept going to it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, what's the what's the spread on this game now? The, have people got the Patriots to be favored yet? I think it's two and a half. Okay, because it started out at Rams minus one. No, it like it took like a half hour for it to get to Patriots being favorites. Yeah, it it yeah. did not take long at all. Um, speaking of, people asked us about props, and I took screenshots of all of the things I bet on. So let me find them really quick. I took these a couple of days ago, so maybe they they've moved a little bit. Um, but let me explain. Holy shit! I have way too many. I have a picture of you. I have a picture of you that is like you dead. Oh my! Oh my phone just died. All right, fuck. All right, I'm going Bovada. Lo- love how organized okay. we are right now. Yeah. So let's uh, let's run through some questions while the prop bets get pulled up. This is a uh, this is not Super Bowl related. This is from Steelers fan seven one eight at Steelers fan seven one eight. Are force players still a thing for edge rushers? Like, is that something you can still publish now? <laughs> There's still a thing. Uh, we got the bag, so I don't know how much draft stuff in terms of analytics I'm going to be putting out in public, but we'll see. They still exist. Um, it's gotten better, actually. I, I've I've refined it a lot. So, yeah. Sorry, Steelers fan seven one eight. Maybe Justice will just tweet out who they draft. Draft polite, because I can tell you right now that uh, based off of how polite moves, he's just going to smash everything. Draft. How, how do you say his first name? I'm still not even totally sure. Uh, I think it's Jakai. Jakai, yeah. Draft him first. Uh, yeah. Okay, uh, this is from Ron Coop Jr. Did Indomitian Sue really just chill during the season, and did he actually just turn it on for the playoffs? Yes, dude. <laughs> like, 
Okay, uh, so Ndamukong Su, during the regular season, he played all 16 games. He started all 16 games. Uh, according to Pro Football Reference, he had four and a half sacks and four tackles for loss. And now in the playoffs, he in, through two playoff games, he has one and a half sacks, two tackles for loss, four quarterback hits. Uh, I mean, w- which would absolutely destroy his uh, regular season pace if he were to keep that up through 16 games. I mean, you can, you can even just watch like that third. <laughs> yeah, I saw someone breaking this play down on Twitter the other day, which is mad funny. You remember the fourth down stop that he had versus Dallas that pretty much won the game for them? Yeah. Uh, because they, dude, th- so Dallas was running, Dallas ran a duo, and the Rams had uh, Dante Fowler. This is going from outside in. They had Dante Fowler, Aaron Donald uh, at three tech, and then in Dom and uh playing. He was shaded on the center, and all of those guys were to the right of the center. It's like how are you how, how are you running a duo when you have a guy on each block? Like, how does that work? And then they you know predictably ran straight into the three man side, trying to run duo, and it got stuffed by Sue. But. Uh, if you just look at what he's done in the playoffs, just statistically, uh, yeah, he's he's definitely turned it on uh, these past two games. And I don't know, good for him. Like you got twelve million dollars, and you're in the Super Bowl with minimal effort. That sounds ideal. Um, I found a bet that I wanted to talk about, so I'm just gonna sprinkle these in while you get your questions in. Um, it has moved a lot, so I took it when it was kick return for a t- any kick return for a touchdown plus two thousand. Is now down to plus seven hundred for yes, oh, right? Wow. Um, Cordero Patterson, he's like the best kick returner in our generation, and might he's on pace to be the ki- best kick returner uh, of all time. So, might be something worth looking into. You could also get first touchdown scored by CPAT for plus four thousand. So I, I think since that number's dropped down to plus seven hundred on any kick return ret- uh, score for a touchdown, CPAT. CPAT plus 4,000 for first touchdown score might be the way to take advantage of. Hey, no one really realizes how great of a kick returner this dude is. Yeah, I, that, I mean, that just seems like a, a like two, plus 2,000 just seems like such good value. You might as well throw a couple bucks on it, you know? I agree. I agree. Shouts uh, to the Raiders who also gave him up. <laughs> uh, next one from Blob Tanyan. I'm sure that's not his real name. At all twenty-two GD, are the Rams fucked? If I feel like Belichick is going to bracket Cooks, put Gilmore on Woods, and let the Rams do what they want in the run game because running doesn't matter when you don't have explosive plays. Golf is going to have to put on his big boy pants. Well, one thing is one thing I will say is the Patriots' run defense is pretty crappy uh, too. Like I know that the Rams, I think the Rams have the worst run defense in the league this year, uh, but it's not like the, the Patriots were much better. Just if you just want to look at yards per attempt. Uh, the Rams were 32nd with 5.1 yards per attempt. The Patriots were 30th with 4.9 yards per attempt. So, like, obviously, I, I think that's going to have to be something that they I'm not not sell out for. But, like, we've talked about this before, but running doesn't matter over, you know, a large, in, in terms of what these teams have done, like an 18-game sample. Running the ball doesn't matter that much. But... In a, in a one game sample, like it can absolutely like win you or lose you a game. Uh, right. I mean, you you can break have, off a seventy yard run, and a seventy yard run still seventy yards. So, right. In a, in in a game where all the stakes are attached to one game, like the Super Bowl, sure. Like I, I think running probably does matter a little bit in this game. And and when you have, you know, a star in C.J. Anderson and his backup Todd Gurley, uh, that's got to be something that the Patriots are going to be aware of. But you know, if you if they can completely smother the pass game, which I would not put it like I don't really see why they couldn't be able to do that. Then yeah, it's it's, it's going to be a long game for Derek Goff, and he's going to have to put his big boy pants on. But he, you know, he did. I I thought, you know, I I thought we we give Goff a lot of crap sometimes, but I thought he did play pretty well, like when the Rams needed him to in that NFC Championship game. Yeah, he did okay. He he hasn't had yeah, but, he hasn't had a great. He hasn't had any. Like clearly above average playoff game yet, um, but at the same time, he hasn't really fallen on his face at all during this playoffs. So yeah, he'll, he'll I mean, be okay. He's come a long way since he's come a long way since that Atlanta playoff game last year, which is not great. Not so uh, not so great. Um, 
there is a flaw Prop on Bovada right now. So if you go to the touchdown and field goal props, you can get kick return for a touchdown plus 700, yes. If you go to the defense and special teams props, you can get plus 1,500. So you can probably get, if you want to take yes on the defense and special teams props and no on the touchdown and field goal props, you could probably get on both sides of it and it'll make you money no matter what. So that is my advice. All right. Uh, next question. This is from Thanos at Texas Tez. Who is the worst quarterback Bill Belichick could have won five Super Bowls with? Is this a thing? Like, are we just not in on Tom Brady being good anymore? Because mm-hmm. this kind of feels like something I've seen online. I also follow Marxist Panther. Or Mar- Marxist <laughs> film. Um, I don't, Tom Brady's good, man. I, we're overthinking this one, I think. He, he's good. I mean, he went, he went yeah. 11 and 5 with Matt Castle, right? So I guess that helps the argument, but. That was when the team was loaded. I mean, the team was coming off of uh, the 16 like to no season. season. Yeah, so, I mean, they got five wins worse, right? So, I don't know. Tom Brady's worth five wins. They're not in the playoffs this year if they don't have Tom Brady. So, Yeah, and, and five wins is a lot. Like that. <laughs> it's significant. It's significant. Five, five wins is significant uh, in a 16-game season. Like, anyone that adds five wins is, uh, like, a very significant piece of your team. Uh I mean, yeah, Brady's great. Uh, and it, I don't, and no, but it's not even like, I, I don't even think like Marxist is the only one that, at Marxist film on Twitter. Uh, doesn't, you know, he's kind of a wacky guy, but he's up how. Uh, like, I don't even think he's the only one that's been doing this. Like, if you just follow, if you just like read his comments uh, or the people who comment on his stuff, like, he's very much not alone in this Tom Brady is overrated thing. Uh, but you know, I, I think Brady's good. I, I think what's fun about Brady is that we've seen a lot of different versions of him. I mean, for sure, since two thousand, like he he he's pretty much played in what three NFLs now because you get the two thousand to two thousand four era, twenty four or two thousand four to twenty seventeen. Now he's playing a new era now. Dude, he played against Rich, he played against Rich Gannon in an AFC Championship game. Yeah. Uh, Richard Seymour was 22 years old for their first Super Bowl. Yeah. He played... I, uh, I would have to check this, but I think Drew Bledsoe was drafted before I was born. And that was the guy he um, yeah. he took he took yeah. the reins over for. So, yeah. I mean, he, he was, like, right there when, like... Because right when he was drafted, that was, like, the tail end of, like, Aikman and guys like that, right? So, it's like, yeah. yeah. I mean, he's, he's basically had a career, a, a peak, right, that last... You know, basically three generations of football. I mean, a lot of guys are like that, too. I mean, I would say Roethlisberger and the Rivers have played through two generations. Too. Uh, maybe not Rivers, because he didn't start immediately. But definitely, like, the Mannings and all those guys. Like, they stretched over what we thought was imaginable for a peak quarterback. Uh, do we have an answer to the question? The worst quarterback that Bill Belichick over the five rings with? I don't know. Five? Five? <laughs> Uh, <laughs> that's a lot. That's man. a lot of rings. That's a lot of rings. I don't know, uh, like Roethlisberger. I don't. I don't guess. Yeah, like I was about to say, like Matt Ryan. Roethlisberger, yeah, like maybe? that, like that type, that type of ring. I don't think he could have won five rings with Cousins. I don't think he could have won no. five rings with like Alex Smith. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, no. Five rings uh, is a lot. Yeah, but for your just to answer the question, we'll go with uh, Ben Roethlisberger and Matt Ryan. Uh all right, you have another prop bet? I do. Try to find out if I don't. I don't know if Bovada will let you, because um, I don't know if they'll count it as like correlated parlay type thing. But if you can figure out how to parlay under Josh Reynolds' uh, forty-nine and a half yards and over Gerald Everett' twenty-four and a half yards, that basically goes into my thought process of like Everett is the replacement for Cup, uh, not Reynolds. So. I think those would be solid ones to pair up to together, together because I think they correlate a little bit. So, uh, all right. The next question is from Garyan at underscore GDP. Was there anything done schematically to help golf break out of that terrible stretch of four or five games near the end of the season, or did he simply play his way out of it? Uh, am I responsible? Has he played his way out? I of it? I was gonna ask. I was like, did he break? Did he break it? I wasn't sure. But, like, all these guys have had, haven't had, like, we talked about this at the beginning. Like, Mahomes kind of slowed down. Breeze kind of slowed down. Goff kind of slowed down. Brady was never ripping off teams 
you know, in the regular season, right? So yeah. I don't think, yeah, I don't think we've had a strong playoff performance by anyone. So I don't think he stands out in that aspect. But I'm not sure he's really yeah. been elevated by the playoffs so far. Like I said, I think Russell Wilson's probably had the most uh, influential playoff game of any of these quarterbacks this playoffs, and he lost. So yeah, uh, free Russell Wilson. I mean, he might be a weirdo, but he's really fucking good. And like just a handcuff him like that is just stupid. Uh, but I mean, I mean, even if you just look at, at golf's game logs, uh, it, it's like he had like that four touchdown game versus the Chiefs in that the Monday night game, and like after that, like he didn't really do much. Like he had three bad weeks, and especially that game for Chicago where he threw four interceptions. Like him and Mitch Trubisky just turned turns shitting on each other, and then the, you know two pretty solid games close the season against the Cardinals and the 49ers. And then versus Dallas, he had 186 yards, no touchdowns, 6.6, adjusted yards per attempt. And then versus uh, the Rams, I mean, I mean versus the Saints, he had an adjusted yards per attempt of 6.8. And those are both below the season average of, I think it finished at 7.3 or around like 7, yeah. 7.3 and 7.4. So, so like he, he's, you know, he, he's still put together a big stretch of, of, of at least by adjusted yards per attempt, uh, based on that average, like below average games outside of the two games versus Arizona and San Francisco, which is like whatever. Uh, yeah, those, so those, I, are, those aren't real football he, teams. Yeah, I don't think I don't think he's broken out of this stretch. It's just more like the the Rams have found ways to win without like a super duper. Yeah, I I think we just in general kind of overrated who. Goff was because we everyone saw the Minnesota game and the Minnesota game was like the best game that he's ever had in his career by far. Yeah, I mean he had Goff's Goff's uh, adjusted yards per attempt in that game was seventeen point one. It's pretty good. And and season it was, and Minnesota also had a top five pass defense, right? So like it wasn't like I mean they were attacking guys like Gideon and stuff like that, right? But. Um, Minnesota as a whole, they've been a really good pass defense this entire year, and he just w- absolutely went off on them. So. All right, uh, prop bet time. Uh, Gurley, total yards under 102.5 because he doesn't under, want it. Under, under, under. He doesn't want it. He doesn't, yeah. he doesn't want he doesn't it. Play. He doesn't want it. We'll see. We'll see. <laughs> CJ Anderson said. I, I don't have to take responsibility for it. He already said it, so. Uh, <laughs> I... Next question from Frank Puddle at Ben Thrifty. Is this the worst Patriots Super Bowl team of the Brady Bill Belichick era? It's Ooh. it's very possible because people forget that like so like next so one, they don't have Isaiah Wynn, right? So it's like they get an extra first round pick next year, right? They're gonna have two second round picks, two third round picks, and when they get rid of Gronk and Allen, they're probably gonna have something around sixty million dollars of cap space. So this very clearly was like a rebuilding year the same way uh, the Seattle Seahawks this year were a rebuilding year and the Indianapolis Colts this year were a rebuilding year. So the fact that they got here, um, definitely, a, a, I don't know if I would call them the worst though. Because like Brady used to not actually be good, right? Yeah. I, I He wasn't actually uh, good until like 2004. So I'd say probably one of those teams, but they were loaded on defense too. So I don't know. Maybe I'm, yeah. I'm just looking at their plus their their team ranking point differential over the last like, since Belichick has got or since Brady and Belichick have gotten there, and they finished. <laughs> God, I hate this team. Like they finished outside the top ten in point differential two times. Uh, Poor guys. One in two, one, one in two thousand five. Uh, they finished thirteenth in point differential, and in two thousand two. They finished 14th in point differential, but every other year, they've been uh, pretty much in the top five, except in 2013 they were in the top. They finished eight. So if you just look at it, since 2009 in point differential, they've ranked fourth, first, third, first, eighth, first, third, first, first, and this year fifth. <laughs> poor, poor guys, poor guys. <laughs> this team is so stupid. <laughs> 
hate them. Did you see Bra- <laughs> they're the Brady? They're going to cross the Rams. Yeah, it's not going to be good. And Brady said, because the, th- the narrative that people were going into this game with, right, was like, all right, don't give Goff a ring. If another ring makes Brady go away, I think we could stomach that, right? But Brady said, to like, this week, he was like, please stop asking me. I'm playing until I'm 45. It's like, oh, fuck. <laughs> He's just going to keep coming. All right. <laughs> Like who? who what? what cor- Let's play this game. What quarterbacks are going to retire before Brady retires? Mm. It, uh, I mean, we could like Roethlisberger's on the bubble. Rivers is on the bubble. Yeah. It, it, uh, if he's t- actually talking about yeah, Breeze. If he's actually talking about forty-five, like Rogers and Ryan are kind of in play. Yeah. Like that wouldn't I mean, that wouldn't be years. crazy? Yeah. Nuts. Jesus. Ryan was drafted a decade uh, after Brady. I'd love to make a dark joke. I'd love to make a dark joke and say Alex Smith. But uh, uh, I think I'll go playing. Yeah, I mean, uh, Eli Shals- Shals- Oh, my God. All right, I got to go on a rant. <laughs> I'm going on a rant. Not not even about Eli. It's about Alex Smith. Dude, I, I can't remember who it was, but I was in Mobile, and someone was like, you see the Alex Smith pick? And I was like, what? And he, like, showed it to me. And he's like, he's got all the scaffolding on his leg. <laughs> I was dying. It was the pick from he was at the Wizards game or whatever. Oh, he's got all yeah, the, all yeah. the pins in him and stuff, and like that. I mean, obviously injuries suck, but like, dude, that does not look. He's good. got a bionic leg. And the other thing too is so it's confirmed that he's probably not going to play next year, right? Um, at least Pro Football Talk wrote that. So if he's not healthy, that means his injury guarantees guarantees another year, which means his dead cap is something like I think it's like fifty two million dollars. That's not something you can overcome, dude. Not in today's NFL. And there were a bunch of people in my mentions who were, like, asking me about it. And they're like, well, if he's put on IR, couldn't they use that $20 million elsewhere? And I was like, oh, you don't understand well, how the cap works. No, buddy. It's not a cap You have a lot of sunk money here. This is not a real football team. Stop stop watching them until at least 2021. Yeah. Maybe uh, 2022. So, yeah. I mean, maybe throw a wrench in this. And, like, if Kyler Murray falls, maybe they pick him. But... I get I, – people have been – I mean – there was a lot of buzz down in Mobile I mean, that they were going to go That's, like, the only thing. That's, like, that's like the only thing I could see, though. I mean, I heard... All right, so... All right, r- rumor mill time. Rumor mill time. All right, here we go. Loggins, right? Or no, who is it? Loggins. I'm trying to map it out in my head. The the, the, jet, the former Dolphins OC? Yeah. Like, the worst OC of all time? Yeah, I'm trying to think. No, it wasn't Loggins. All right, it's... Uh, fuck, who just become, became Cincinnati's head coach? Zach Taylor. Zach Taylor. Super unqualified. His entire career is basically following following uh, Ryan Tannehill around, right? So he was at Texas A&M for when Ryan Tannehill was there. He was in Miami for like the first five years or something like that of Ryan Tannehill. Then he took the OC job at Cincinnati, got fired. The Bearcats, He was by the terrible way. Yeah. at Cincinnati. Oh, yeah. They fell off the face of the earth. And then he became an assistant wide receiver coach, which I think means he wasn't even allowed on the field, and then became the quarterback coach this year for the Rams. But there's a lot of rumors that are saying, basically, like, Cincinnati's going to move away from Dalton, and they're going to end up picking up Ryan Tannehill, which, I guess, right? Like, why are you eating dead cap to make that move? But whatever. It's just, like, you're just trading the same guy for the same guy. Right. But I guess if that happens, Dalton could end up in Washington, which is, like, the most quarterback purgatory-ish thing you could do like just be really bad for a few years like if there was any any team that was like should subscribe to like the sashi brown type approach right which like losing is bad right you don't actually want to lose but when you already have the looming of 52 million dollars owed to alex smith and dead cap right you can't get away from that under any circumstances at all why wouldn't that be the team that says you know what we're just gonna suck for a few years don't watch us <laughs> right, like what? What you're gonna, you're gonna spend this money on Andy Dalton, which means you you're probably like Andy Dalton might get the same like it, average it per year as like money the on Andy Dalton. Well, no, I mean on top of that, right? Like <laughs> you're you're buying Andy Dalton, but Andy Dalton's still gonna come at like fifteen million dollars a year. You're gonna turn down yeah. Demarcus Lawrence so you can have Andy Dalton for a few years, and Andy Dalton's not I mean, gonna be the so- like- he's not gonna be the solution either, right? So what are you gonna do? You're gonna buy. What two three wins above what your worst case scenario quarterback would have been by starting Andy Dalton, and it's like okay, so now you're seven and nine at best, right? It's like that doesn't help your team. 
That you're going to end up with seven and nine money tied up to Andy Dalton in 2021 when you get out of the Alex Smith, the Alex Smith contract. It just doesn't make sense. Like you have to be in a mindset where like the next two years just do not matter at all, right? So what, what's the point of saving face with Andy Dalton? I don't know. I mean, this just talking about the Bengals as much is giving me a headache. So, yeah, I, the University of like, Houston, I mean, the, an AAC team, is going to be better funded than their coaching staff. I want you to put that right, in perspective. I mean, Houston could go undefeated Bengals, and they will not make the playoffs, the college football playoffs, and they're spending more money on their coaching staff than the Bengals will. Mind you, the Bengals have two the, two whole scouts. They have Tobin, uh, Tobin's son a college scouting director, a pro scouting director, and two scouts. Which means these directors either direct a single scout or they direct one half of a scout each. God, man. Can you imagine being one of those two scouts? Like, that, the amount of work that they have to do. Oh, God. It's <laughs> not great. The, the other thing, too, is like, uh, hey, man, the Bengals don't really have their head coach in office yet. And, like, free agency is about to start in a month, you know? And it's very, the Bengals have historically been a very heavy team in terms yeah. of coaching input on draft picks and signings and stuff like that. So it's like, man, like ev- everything is coming around to a bad spot with Cincinnati, I think. Where it's like, you definitely hired a dude who is not qualified to be an NFL head coach right now, if you look at his resume, right? Um, you might bring Brian Tannehill in-house. You have an underfunded front office, and that leans on coaching evaluations and your coach can't even be in your office yet. It's not great. Nope. Uh, you have any more? We're, we're the, <laughs> I, I do not. Oh, actually I do. I have a uh, modified line. It's Patriots, uh, uh, win by 13 or more points plus three fifty. I think, I think there's value there. I think this could get ugly. All right. Uh, yeah, I mean, I, I didn't give a pick, but I'm all in on Patriots minus 2.5, 1.5, 1, 13.5, 5, 20.5. Uh, I, I just, I'm, I'm not in on the Rams this, this game at all. So, uh, I mean, yeah, that, that's pretty much how I feel. What, what are you going to be drinking during the Super Bowl? Water. Let's go there. All right. Okay. That's the type of Super Bowl it is. I agree. <laughs> Hopefully it'll be fun. Hopefully it'll be fun. We'll see. There's yeah, still plenty. I mean, of, hey, be, man, this game is in there. Atlanta, and there's there's plenty of time for Indomitian Sue and Akeem to leave to get into trouble down there. We've seen players get in trouble in Atlanta before during Super Bowl week. So uh, don't count your blessings. Have <laughs> <laughs> way. Hey, you forget he he played for Green Bay too. Yeah. Um. All right. Yes. Yeah, so, I mean, unless. You got anything else to add about the game? Uh, Patriots are going to win. White supremacy will reign supreme. Uh, any more parting shots? Dominic Sue, Portland's finest. If he wins the MVP, if he doesn't, ignore me. All right. Uh, so let's conclude episode 87 of Send the Edge. We'll be back at some point. I don't know when. But, uh, you know, enjoy the Super Bowl. Get ready for the off season Because, uh, you know, once the Super Bowl ends, it's time for... Everyone's Seven round mock drafts. Season. Mock draft season. <laughs> draft season, baby. Let's go. Let's argue about five minute YouTube clips. Season. All right. See you guys later.